Yeah, there's so many yeah. rashes and yeah. warts yeah. and pimples and mm-hmm. dirty things. And I was, like, really impressed. And I kept telling Tay. Yeah. Can you imagine being the rash guy? All right. <laughs> Time for the so rashes. Ma- so many angles and so many rashes. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it's so interesting. Yeah. And angles of rashes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to episode 48 of Theater Nerds. I'm your host, Rachel Jones. And I'm your other host, Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, Or if you've only seen your New Year's Party's production of Singing in the Rain Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That's right! You can also leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's right. Do that right now. Leave us a review. Yeah. 2023. It's a new year. To find out more about the Theater Nerd cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing our brand new series, La La Bland? La La Bland? <laughs> Guys, here we are. Here we are. It's New Year. It is the New Year, listeners. Welcome 2023. Are we ready for it? Who knows? I don't. I, I haven't been ready for any year since 2019, so oh. I don't know. Good to know. Good to know. It's you kind mean, of kept you happening. Mean 2019 was the last year you were actually ready for Yeah, the New or? Year's of 2019 okay. was the yeah. last year I was actually ready. The New Year's of 2020, I was like participating but i wasn't quite ready yet I w- and yeah. i had i was you know still do you mean going in- into 2020 uh-huh okay yeah. yeah 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 i was just trying to make sure so I from understood. 2018 to 2019 i was yeah. feeling okay i, I actually feel that way about going into 2020 i was like yeah this is gonna be a great year and then it all went to you know the fan uh, yeah it did yeah oh and so maybe that's why we struggle to figure out how to Mm -hmm. celebrate new year's now that's right that's right um well we're excited to start a new year i i mean as far as the podcast goes that's all all we know yeah (laughs) that's all all we know (laughs) yeah are you guys unsure just you know dm us and we'll commiserate together although this year in theater is going to be great I mean, oh yeah there's a lot of cool stuff coming even in the fall with merrily we roll along that just got announced transferring to broadway i so. can't believe that and i mean you, i can't believe it did you just see too that they're like trying to get financing for parade yeah i yeah. was reading about that and i like yeah. part of me wonders how like what the missing piece is on that but yeah i know also just do like a limited run and then if it's if it's popular just extend it like into the woods i don't know yeah that's, that's my fair. thought I don't and know. then you know maybe go on a regional tour <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 
Come on, Ben. Why? Um, yeah, if I had any money, I would invest in it. So there's that. But <laughs> 2023 is not looking good for investing. Not in looking good for our investments. <laughs> no, no. It's a different podcast, but yeah, it is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, we are, as Rachel said at the beginning in our intro, we're introducing a new series on the show, which um, I'm excited about because it's really just an excuse to talk about another thing that I love, which is movies. <laughs> it's really, it's really just an excuse to ra- to get Rachel to wrangle in and talk more, you know, about other things that I love. So <laughs> yeah, this is all just you yeah. know. It's a ploy. It's a uh, decoy conspiracy hearing. theory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's in the it's in the president's book of secrets. I don't know, <laughs> if anyone knows that, honestly, though, National um, Treasure would be a great musical. So whoa, whoa. <laughs> we did not mention that in our in our Disney episode, but <laughs> Just that would be great. Will Swenson as the Nic- Nicholas Cage. Oh my character. gosh! Oh <laughs> my gosh! Uh, Ethan Slater as the as the yes, as Riley uh, he as Riley. So good. <laughs> honestly, honestly, wow, wow. All right. Um, well, you guys have already heard this show is unhinged, and the reason why it's unhinged right now is Rachel. Would you like to explain? I really think we should be as upfront and honest with okay. our listeners as we can. Yeah. Be. Explain to the listeners why we're so unhinged today. Well, we might have been unhinged anyway, but. <laughs> True. 2023 uh, so, that's our word for 2023 yeah it's unhinged, unhinged. i'm just gonna yeah. change our profile to just say unhinged yeah. people go unhinged but we're unhinged <laughs> yeah. yeah um well so earlier in the week we had planned a time where we were gonna record and we did indeed record did. a very amazing yeah. we had a great time great <laughs> discussion about this musical that we're going to talk musical movie that we're going to talk about that's right and you know we had like it was a very long episode i felt bad taylor was gonna have to edit it down and um who knows (laughs) (laughs) it might have been two and a half hours which this might be too who knows yeah but um yeah and then you know taylor on wednesday texts me and said what did you say exactly (laughs) I said, <laughs> I said the best thing that everybody wants to hear. I have I bad have bad news. <laughs> and he was like, basically, we definitely cannot re- like use this recording. Use the audio. Um, our audio. And it wasn't even on both uh, on one side. It wasn't like Rachel's fault all entirely or my fault all <laughs> entirely, which would have been better because I don't know. At least we could blame it on then something. Then we would know but... what happened, but <laughs> apparently, like, literally Alien decided that we could yeah. not talk about this musical. Yes, yes. And so they corrupted our audio. I and... think Russell Crowe's dead <laughs> voice <laughs> came down. And... Yeah, maybe I'll be nicer. Um, either that or Taylor Swift. I said both. Yeah. I, I slandered both names. Yeah. In yeah. the last episode, so uh, or in the last recording, so I'll be careful yeah. this time. So anyway, we are here very early. Yeah. To record this, um, New Year's Eve. Um, as it's of New Year's Eve. This. Yeah, <laughs> and you guys are hearing this a couple days later, so it's gonna be great. It's gonna be. We're gonna have so much fun, you know. Again, unhinged. I'm, I'm sipping my tea literally, so <laughs> if you hear that in the background, like I'm sorry, yeah. it would not normally happen. But also, like your girl's gotta have some tea. I it's got so out early. of the shower like 20 minutes ago. It's all yeah, good. So early. 
<laughs> but you know, guys, this is what we do for the fans. This is what we do it all for the fans. <laughs> yeah, we do it all because we want to make sure that the new year starts off strong and That's not right. with corrupt audio files. That's right. That's right. What is this? Uh, should we see this as like a an om- a bad omen for the year? No. 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 We're rising above it. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we could have just, you know, not released anything. We could have taken the L. But, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Could have taken the L. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. this series that's what that happened. we... I know. That's what happened. And, um, and you that's know, what you missed on Glee. Ooh. Sorry. And that's what you <laughs> missed on Theater Nerds. <laughs> okay. I had to. That's a good one. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, this series we're doing, we, <clears throat> in kind of a different, a, a little bit of a different approach, maybe to our Tony's rewind and our deep dives a little bit. Um, we're going to just be looking at movie musicals of any era, really at any time. Um, and the reason why we're starting with this one, you guys are seeing, we are starting with Les Miserables <laughs> is... <laughs> Although every time I every time I think of because Le, Le Miserables is translating to the Miserables in yeah. case people didn't know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what a depressing title! Like I think if people actually knew, like I, I wonder how many people that went that go and see Les Mis actually know, like that the title is called the Mis. Like, could you imagine going to see a show called the Miserables? Like, I don't know. We go see the Crucible. Yeah, but I feel like that's not as like. <laughs> piercing as like here's this thing that's miserable you know <sighs> i don't know but also anyway so we're doing this movie musical so this series because it's well first of all it's fun and second of yeah. all because i think it's it's really a cool idea to look back on movie musicals that we've seen and like re-examine them i think that's really fun yeah. but also um either uh, new ones that we haven't i mean there are a lot of movie musicals that i have not seen um you know, contrary to popular belief, but, um, I'm shocked by it. I know. Yeah. So, uh, we are going to do this series every, every once in a while, we're just going to dip our, you know, it's not going to be all the time. Yeah. We're just going to sprinkle it in whenever we feel like it. And we, Uh, we want your suggestions. If there's a movie musical you want us to talk about, like let us know. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. That would be great. I love that. Um, so, and we're picking this one because it's, you know, is the 10 year anniversary of its release this year mm-hmm. 2022 not 2023 i will say um which is kind of crazy I, it does not feel like 10 years i don't know about you but it's crazy yeah i mean looking back on this photo i'm gonna find this photo and it, hopefully it will be on our social media yeah but like when i look at this photo that feels like 10 years ago but when i think about <laughs> When I think about this being out for ten years, yeah, it's it's uh doesn't feel that way. And I think we no. we'll talk about this too. Um, but like there was a lot of lead up to this movie so uh, much, released yeah. where they were talking about the new technology. And I feel mm-hmm. like the new technology within the last ten years hasn't really been talked about. So that to me is like kind of wild. Yeah. That there hasn't been like it's I don't know, it hasn't risen to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that yeah. way but yeah i agree it's in, and it's interesting that it has not like they're really i mean we'll get into it of course and and you know people listening may already know but the the, the kind of stick with this movie is it really hasn't been 
that done since then, which is very interesting because I mm-hmm. think it, in some respects, it it was a success as far as that specific one thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess success is you know whatever, but you know anything can. It depends on the definition of a, a success. Although the movie was successful, it did make a lot of money. But yeah, which we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah, because the number yeah. is astonishing. True. So the movie we are discussing today, of course, Les Miserables. It was released in twenty on December twenty fifth, twenty twenty twelve. Rachel and I saw it together, which was so amazing. Which it's also sorry you said twenty twenty twelve it was released in twenty twelve what did I say twenty twenty twelve twenty 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 I can't speak twenty twelve the year that was supposed to be the end of the world <laughs> oh yeah was that twenty twelve or twenty eleven no twenty twelve because there's that movie twenty twelve oh that's right with John Cusack it's actually a good movie oh I, I saw that say. movie for yeah. sure, I'm sure I I actually the day that everyone said. The world was going to end. I was in rehearsal for Susical the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> no better we were... place to be. Honest to God, if I knew the world was yeah. going to end, I would yeah. create my own Susical the mm-hmm. Musical. Yeah. And yeah, yeah play all yeah. the parts. A one I, so. I uh, again, would see that in a heartbeat. I, um, <laughs> I remember because it was like, I think it was like 11 a.m. or something. And everyone was like, oh, the world's going to end. And then at like 11.02, it was like, okay, we're good. We're just going to go back to living or whatever. I don't remember what time it was, but people were like talking. It was like a thing people were talking about. it, And yeah. I was like, you know, 13 or something. And I was like, well, that's what? like Y2K, which obviously yeah. is yeah. wasn't as relevant for us. But right. Right. Yeah. Like the turn of the century. And yes, yes. True, true. Uh, this movie was directed by N- Tom Hooper, no, none other than the incomparable Tom Hooper, who I'm sure we'll talk in future episodes about. But yeah, oh we man, have to talk we, about Tom do Hooper. Do we have some thoughts about Tom Hooper? Um, of course, based on the uh, book, original book by Victor Hugo. Have you read the book? I don't think we talked about this, but. You know, I've never really read the book. Like, yeah. I have the book, and I've read, like, a few chapters of the book, and it's mm-hmm. sitting over there in my room. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, it's just, house. like, never been a thing that yeah. I really wanted to yeah. read. I've heard there's, like, like Victor Hugo will just go into, like, four chapters about, like, how to build a barricade. Yeah. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. like, five chapters on the bishop, and it's, like, do we it's need so this? It's so hard because I just yeah. – I've seen the, the musical so many times. Like, I know yes. – yeah. the music so well that it's like really hard I, it would be hard for me to integrate anything else especially if it wasn't like i don't know if it's if the musical is very true to the story mm-hmm. or to like the personification of some of those people mm-hmm. and if it wasn't i would have a really hard time integrating it into yeah. my that's what's yeah. hard about the 1998 movie for me because it's not a musical it's just a straight you know drama and yeah. um and also Eponine is like hardly in it and that makes me sad because she's And we scary. know that's Taylor's favorite. Yeah. You know I'm like a sad brown haired white girl looking off in the distance trying with to your, find with her your hat. Love. Yeah. In the rain. Hat. In the rain. Also, yes. Oh, we'll talk about the we'll talk about the water in this movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, so of course, uh, uh, written based on the novel by Victor Hugo and of course the musical by Alain Boubil, Claude Michael Schoenberg. I don't know how to say their names. Who knows? Um, like we said, this movie was released on Christmas day, 
in the United States. It was released in on uh, other dates, other but I think Christmas Day that's a fun release for this movie. And Taylor and I saw it the day after yes. Christmas in 2012 sure in the theaters. We sure did. What do you remember about that? that oh um, my gosh! That experience of seeing it together. <laughs> it was an experience. First of all, I think all of us took up an entire row. Yeah. Or we yeah. might have been like two rows stacked, like you know, mm-hmm. like two sections. There were so many of us who went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure other people hated us in the theater, but I just like, remember like crying. I remember like looking at where, I don't know if I was sitting next to you, Tay, or if I was sitting next to your sister or I don't know, sitting next to obviously some of our friend group. So like, it wasn't, and I just like lots of like looking at each other and like excitement. And I, yeah, I also think. Seeing it on the big screen and like seeing it done the way that it it was was probably at that time really interesting. We like mm-hmm. I had said, if you were a theater kid at this time, you were like really in it. Like we didn't have TikTok for you pages, yeah, but like yeah. it was all over YouTube. All these interviews about the live singing, mm-hmm. like the press tours. Mm-hmm. That's all people talked about. Yeah, and w- I think we were wondering, like, what the heck is this going to be like? <laughs> Especially for some of the people who we didn't see as musical theater people. Yeah. Um. And you know it could have been ter- it could have been really terrible. Not gonna lie. Yeah, and we will talk about the cast, but it is a mix of musical, some musical theater people, and then some just well-known actors, and then also some people that do both. But yeah, but like, also the the ensemble is a bunch of theater people, which is yeah. really cool. And I think you know one of the things that happens when you go see a musical or like a new movie that you're just like excited about seeing. I just am so overwhelmed about being excited about seeing it that like I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just taking it all in, and it won't be until the second time I see it that I actually start thinking about things. Or after I leave the theater that I start thinking about things. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I will tell you, I vividly remember being aghast at. Can I say it now? I think so. There's a scene. <laughs> and it's one of the best scenes. And I, I should preface with Taylor and I did a Christian theater growing up. I was yeah. a part of other theater too. But, you know, yeah. we had somewhat recently maybe um, seen the show at the Christian theater company, the kids theater company that we mm-hmm. were a part of. And I know that I, I know that we, maybe you and me or you and your sister and I or someone, we watched the video recording of the, the previous one that CYT mm-hmm. had done. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there's this part um, in Master of the House. There's all these bad words. And I think we all knew like the Christian version. And even when we were watching it this past time, Taylor was like, wow, I forgot how many of these words were not. The censored version, I should say. Yeah. Of yeah. these these words. Um, so that's really funny. And so you're watching the scene and it's like all the bad words, all of the – like this scene is crazy in the movie. It's so good. It's maybe one of my favorite scenes because there's so much is happening. There's so much happening. Mm-hmm. But you get to this point and this is where I'm like I'm traumatized for life. And, um, you know, there's this Santa-looking like person and he <laughs> – you see him – 
like not really have sex, but you see yeah. someone who's like on top of him and they're pretending to have sex and they're like yeah. looks almost fully clothed. So yeah, I don't yeah. understand what's happening. But she says, and I kid you not. Oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, are you ready? We're just gonna get out of the way. Here we go. Oh my goodness! So that oh, happens. That yeah, happens. That happens. And I was traumatized. And we can talk about how I literally had to move my life-size Santa in my home for like weeks after this movie. And like I think we talked. Like I think that people we hung out with people after that movie. And mm-hmm. that's like the part we talked about, and we weren't sure. This is the yeah. other part about the technology that that we'll, I hope we talk about in a second. But they were live singing, so we weren't yeah. sure if that was going to be on the recording or not. And right. as Taylor displayed, it is. Yeah, so yeah. Just one more time. Just one more time. Here we go. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's also terrifying because you hear the lead up to you hear, hear the like, messes. I it's just yeah, like yeah. Oh, oh what a yeah. choice. And, and I think I the little Eponine is like under the bed too. I think like isn't isn't she with the isn't I she don't with even Tanare? know. I, don't I, I mean know. it's clearly it's oh my just goodness. All, yeah, yeah, so that's what I remember. What do you remember about seeing the show in the theater? Well, I do remember a lot of buildup because this is one of, you know, also being a basic theater person, this is one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. I got to, we actually, so we performed it actually the um, June after the movie came out in December. Yeah. So I performed it then and um, it's a great show to be in. It's a great show to watch. It's it's just all around just a wonderful, wonderful um, piece of theater and um yeah so i remember there being lots of build up my parents saw the original production in london like with the original cast so like they they were connected to it too and yeah so it was a big it was like a big deal even in in our household um so i remember that what was fun about this experience so i the reason another reason why we are doing this episode this series is because i pressed play on this about like six months ago or eight months ago, and I was, and then halfway through, I was like, texted Rachel, and I was like, "Whoa, I have an idea for a new series." <laughs> and <clears throat> as all of are. our best ideas are, exactly. Uh, thank you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so but also it was fun because this viewing experience, Rachel and I attempted to watch it together. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and, we did um, sort of. Again, technical difficulties. Maybe just li- this. Maybe this movie is just cursed. You I know? know something's yeah. happening. Yeah, maybe it's the Santa part, really. Um, <laughs> and uh, we tried to watch it do Netflix house party. It was not working. Um, and then we just decided to start it at the same time and text each other. And mm-hmm. honestly, it it was great. It, it it was really really fun to do that and to like have a back and forth. I will say the one thing as soon as we started, <laughs> the one thing that Rachel and I were commenting on was like this movie's so wet. Like why is there so much water? There's so much water. Yeah. So so draining. And and again, you know, there's the shipyard, the 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 jail. Where they're bringing in the ship, there's which is like a huge set, by the way. It like starts out and it's like, wow, this is like a huge set, and and then there's the there's like on my own, which is in the rain, and then there's little fall of rain, which is actually they're talking about rain, but is it raining during that part? I can't remember. It's just but, 
a lot there's a lot of water there's a lot of like sweat there was just like a lot of visuals of water yeah Yeah. and i just find that Mm -hmm. really one of the things that you don't do in on a in the theater like in a show on the Mm -hmm. stage most of the time is that it doesn't rain yeah um and so i think that's also a little jarring where you're like this is so interesting like why do you need this also, I want to comment on the scale of the boat versus the people and the dock. Like, what the mm-hmm. hell was happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The boat was so big and they didn't even finish. By the no. time that they're, like, going back and, you know, Jean Valjean is being asked to carry the flag back inside, like, there is no... There's, like, the you see the ship and it's, like, still, like, tilted to the side and not parked yeah. correctly. And I just was yeah. like, why did we... I think they were like, well, we'll just get it done in, like, ten years. So. Yeah, like, I just don't know why we needed that. But that's know. okay. You know. Um, also, I, something I want to comment on. So, currently, this movie has a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I know we did this last time, Rachel, but do you remember, you know, on our previous recording, do you remember the audience score of the Rotten Tomatoes? No, but I think I remember what I said, which was 73 73 that's what you said yes and you're you're very close 79 percent yeah uh the audience score uh with over two hundred and fifty thousand reviews on the audience that's pretty good that is pretty good only 259 critic scores which is why audiences don't trust critics (laughs) yeah (laughs) here we are um we are going to talk about the cast at some point but let's get into some of the production side of it okay yeah, um, the the production history. I the think produ- it's the production history. The production history. Uh, let's flash back to 1985 when <laughs> when we were 100% alive. We were negative 11. I love how you say we're negative numbers. Yeah, <laughs> like we're numbers on a on a number line. Yeah, we are. We are. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> Um, so in 1985, the musical premiered and apparently back then they were like trying to make a film. I, I, I just so wonder what the eighties version of this movie would have been like, like, I feel like it would have it been just so could have gone in so many directions. Yeah. Would there have been as much water? No, no, there would not have been an O Santa scene either. That's true. That's true. That's a Tom Hooper edition. That's a Tom Hooper edition specifically, like, after the two things he had filmed right before this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is his, yeah. like, I think that potentially this, that was, like, the crux of mm. how crazy things were. Like, things were mm. normal, and then he did this, and it got a little crazy, and then his things <laughs> just kept getting more crazy. And mm-hmm. we've reached the pinnacle at the most recent thing that he's done. Yeah. His filmography is very interesting. Like, he does... It's funny, because he is British, of course. Tom Hooper. Um, and then... But, all like, he does a lot of things that are set in... Br- I mean, this is set in France, but it's... Obviously, we'll talk about they do speak English. And yeah. a lot of the characters do sound British to me. I don't know about you. They are British. Although, Anne Hathaway sounds like she's from, you know, Wisconsin or something. Um... <laughs> We have lots of we have I we have lots of uh, the co- collective royal we yeah, has a lot yeah. of opinions about the accents here. <laughs> true, true, but and but even his like he does a lot of I don't know all of I feel like all of his films are kind of different but also kind of all the same. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. you. Yeah, so in nineteen so 
again, 1985, they tried to make a film. Not until 1988, they signed on a director. So just, well, just a couple of years later, Alan Parker was signed on to direct a film. But then, I guess that didn't go anywhere, of course, because not until 1991, where we were negative <laughs> five, um, they signed on a new director, Bruce Beresford, to Beresford, I hope I'm saying that right, Bruce, um, to <laughs> sign on as a director. But then again, it went into this term that people say in Hollywood, but also I'm sure in other places, which is development hell is what they call it. And, uh, it just stayed in development hell from 1992 to 2004, um, which is a very, that's a very long time. I will say. That's, yeah. In that time, we were born and lived full, you know, lives. (laughs) We might also have been in development hell. Actually, in in that time, my brother was born, I was born, and my sister was born. (laughs) A lot took place. Yeah, three children were born in the time. Just three. Only three. That's it. That's it. Um, and then, but then again, in 2005, Cameron McIntosh, who we haven't talked about Cameron McIntosh yet. He is the producer. He's produced like many, many things on the West End, mm-hmm. um, including Lame is Cats being one of them. Um, Cats. Yeah. Uh, the Hamilton, the West End Hamilton he produced. He's mm-hmm. produced a lot of stuff. Um, in 2005, Cameron McIntosh said there was interested in the film, had resumed uh, in the, I guess 2005 was the year that people were like, "Hey, wait, where's that Les Mis movie that everyone?" Yeah, I was like, "What was about? happening in 2005 yeah. where we were suddenly like, hey, remember Les Mis?'" I don't know. Who knows? Huh. Um, Macintosh said that he wanted the film to be directed by quote someone who had a vision of for the show that will put the show's original team, including Macintosh, back to work. I just, the audacity of you saying that, but also like, I mean, fair, that's really fair. I mean, this is what I struggle with about musicals that become movies. One, should we, should those musicals be canonized in the way in which it would be if it was a movie? But then the Mm -hmm. second is like the original people. I mean, this, I know that this is not an episode about the prom, the musical, but I'm just, as a brief aside, I really struggled with that. Because yeah. I saw the original Broadway cast, and I know that they had worked so hard from their like pre-Broadway tryout, and then their Broadway run, which was not that long. Mm-hmm. And all of them could have been people who acted in the movie musical. Yeah. And so I get this, and I know that they had conversation. There was some conversation on social media about it, right? And ultimately, they didn't do that. None of none of the original people played in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, in, I don't think so. in the show, uh, in the movie, which, you know, so I understand uh, Macintosh's feeling here, but can you just imagine having the audacity to say that to people being like, the reason why we're not doing anything is because like no one's putting the original team back to work. So mm-hmm. until yeah. someone comes along. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's just hard because Hollywood is such a different business than the theater business. Yeah. Because, and so I think, unfortunately, Hollywood producers are like, well, you have to have something that sells. And I think theater producers were like, no, we're just going to make names out of. Because I do think, to a certain extent, you do have to have names to sell Broadway tickets. But also, I think people like new talent a little more than in Hollywood. Well, and I think when you are thinking about the business of Broadway, 
people, you know, like we we mentioned at the top of the show, which hopefully maybe we won't keep in, but pr- with Parade, right? Like, yeah. we would go see Parade because Ben Platt is in it, but also we would see Parade because, because it's, parade. it's Parade. Right. Yeah. And that's, I. but you know what? I might not see a movie just because it's a movie mm-hmm. that people mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And it's a classic. It took me a thousand years to see Goodwill Hunting. And I refused because it was, movie. which is a good movie, but I refused because it was so popular. I yeah. didn't want to see it, um, yeah. which is the exact opposite of how I feel about a musical. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. There's some weird, you know, shenanigans there. Too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in 2009, producer Eric Fellner negotiated the film rights, which didn't didn't end until the end of 2011. Um, That's a which long I've, time. It's a very long time, which is interesting because they hired Tom Hooper was hired to be the director in March of 2011. So it must have been they, them, were, they were still negotiating, I guess. Yeah, I without know. them fully having their rights. Yeah. But then the filming began in March 2012. Yeah, that's what's crazy about this is the timeline. Once they get Tom Hooper, Tom Hooper's like, we're doing this. No, no one's going to say no. Yeah, we're going to yeah. work at the speed yeah. of light. Yeah, it's it's literally crazy. Um, you know, March of 2011 is when Tom Hooper is hired. March of 2012 is when they start filming. Jul- June is that means they did all the casting. They yeah. did all yeah. the casting. They worked all yeah. the schedules. They worked mm-hmm. all the production. Crazy. Right, you have to do all of that before you film. You have to have a cast, a crew, yeah. a production studio. Yeah. Like what yeah. the production's gonna look like, costumes, costuming, yeah. hair yeah. and makeup. Which sound maybe they design. just use the costumes from maybe they just use the costumes from the show. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's insane. Yeah. A year to do all of that. Yeah. People are stressed about doing their wedding for in a True. year and then True. Let's just and think then... about trying to put on Les Mis. <laughs> that is such a great comparison. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. So then March of 2012. And then they ended filming in like June or July of 2012. And then the movie came out in December. So they only had like six months of post-production and editing and whatever. I mean, Which that's just, it's just insane. Crazy. It's insane. Like we think about the the wicked movie, of course, we talked about this many, many times, and take a shot every time we yeah. say the wicked movie, or I if know. you're doing dry January, yeah, that's do something else, <laughs> take a shot of your white grape juice, sparkling <laughs> cider, your green juice that you're drinking, true, true, yeah. you're green, yeah. So, like, that's been in, obviously, development hell as well, but it's, you know, finally getting off the ground, but it's just crazy. Like, we didn't, I was thinking about how we didn't, we heard that Cynthia Revo and Ariana Grande were going to be cast in that November 2021. We didn't hear was any that long other. Ago? Yes, yes, it was a year ago. We didn't hear oh any other God. casting what? news. What, for real? Until, like, it was a whole year ago? Yes. We didn't hear any other Jonathan Bailey. <laughs> oh my we God, didn't we hear. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Jonathan Bailey didn't get announced until this summer, and then also, and then like all the other people, like Michelle Yeoh, Ethan Slate, that didn't happen until like a month ago. So it's yeah, been well, a that whole. Much I remember. It's a been whole a whole year, year in since they announced Cynthia and Ariana. Oh I know. It's crazy. It's I crazy. So, John M. Chu, I love you, but go do the Tom Hooper but Can style. you call Tom Hooper and get some tips? I mean, yeah. well, probably not after yeah. his most recent. 
I don't know, you know. So let's. I think that's a good aside. Though. Let's let's take a peek into Tom Hooper's uh, filmography. Oh, yeah. The uh, of course the things that people will know most well know he's he's done John Adams the HBO miniseries before which is great Les if Mis. you haven't seen that by it is way. great actually little shout out to Hamilton have you seen those videos where they'll put like Hamilton no, <laughs> stuff to it and so then because there's to like that. there's only like one scene with Hamilton in it I think I'm not really sure but uh, it was really good I loved that show the it was not good the Hamilton I mean I like that yeah. too but John Adams <laughs> HBO series and then we have the you know, infamous movie that won, I don't know, seven Oscars or something that, listen, to this day, I will die on this hill. This movie should not have won Best Picture 2011 or whatever. This is the King's Speech, everyone. (laughs) Uh, Taylor has so many thoughts. I always have thoughts on this because, listen, this is the most Oscar-baity movie ever, and it is like... You know, it came out and the Oscar voters were like, yes, I'll give you all the Oscars. But then what movie came out that year? The Social Network. That should have won that year. Listen, it moved this. The storytelling in that film is incredible. Oh I'm just saying God. I'm making this comparison. I've all, I always think this. It's the next to normal versus no. Billy Elliot. No. Yes, it I is. I hate comparison so much. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this in our lost recording, but... <laughs> Lost Recording would also be a great name of a podcast. That's true. The Lost Recording. Yeah. And just, it's just like a bunch of like. (laughs) (laughs) No. I know. (laughs) What if it's like a commentary on Lost? That's, that's, I like that. I actually (laughs) wanted to start one of the podcasts I thought of, I thought of doing was called The Lost Boys. And you just talk about Lost. I love that. Yeah. That's good. See? Yeah, okay, no one steal anyway, it. Trademark. Trademark. <laughs> yeah. No one steal our idea. So t- King's Speech is like Billy Elliot, the safe choice. You know, it's a they're both British. They're I resent both that Billy Elliot was the safe choice. I agree that, you know, it shouldn't have won, but continue. Yes. And then Next to Normal and the Social Network are these like innovative, moving like stories that like really define uh generation of entertainment and then they go to like the safe choices that's just my opinion you don't have to agree but (laughs) um yeah i have feelings about the social network i and the comparison between the social network and next normal (laughs) i mean Um, i'm not saying they're like one-to-one but i don't like that (laughs) they're in the same category (laughs) yeah yeah, where can we get a uh, social network musical? That's all I'm saying. Oh my god, no! Not in this yeah. day and age. Not with the True. not with this scandal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh I understand. Gosh. I think that this is something that's challenging in general, right? I, this is why vying for audiences really matters, and potentially this is why the casting for Lame is was the way it was. Mm-hmm. You have to have, especially for movies. You have to have a lot of different types of people to come and see the movie. Yeah. Um, They call them four quadrant films. Have you heard of that? No. Tell me more. Okay. Wait, let me... I want to make sure I get it. So a four quadrant movie is where you have... The first quadrant is males under 25. Second quadrant is female under 25. Third quadrant is males over 25. Fourth quadrant is female over 25. So yes. if you have a four quadrant film, which basically now is like 
Marvel and anything, yeah. any uh, Avatar, I guess, would be a four quadrant film. Like those types of big tentpole movies would be because you can take it's like you can take the entire family. And so, what I would argue is in you know, with the King's speech and the social network is that you have two quadrants and they're the opposite quadrants. Uh-huh. Yeah. Seeing the show. Yeah. And what is cool about Les Mis is that, you know, we were, God, how old were we when we went to see I mean, 14, maybe 13. Yeah. So we, you know, we clearly were in in those bottom quadrants but we also mm. like i know i went back with with other people who are adults mm. and and adults i know went because it's a classic and so you have right. a lot of different people coming to see this because of the name of the show mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. because of the casting i think is part yeah. of that well too. and it's been around so long i mean the mm-hmm. book has been around forever but also the musical has been around forever so you but have to the, be honest the musical yeah. hadn't been i mean like it's a long time but like from 1985 to 2012 in my opinion isn't that isn't that crazy of a time period i mean it's 20 years but I mean... but it's I think what's so funny is when, when I think 30. about Les Mis, I think about it in perpetuity. Like, it's always existed and forever. Right. Right. And that's just not true. But if and you there think are other, like... other, mu- other um, musicals that have existed way before Les Mis. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. But if you think about it, too, like, that's say, like that's if we ever get a Hamilton movie, it's like that's like 20 years away from now. That's that's a, that feels like a long time. It does feel like a long time. I mean, I yeah. I hear the Wicked movie situation. And I feel like right. it's a long time. Well, that's only like ten. I mean, I know. I guess it is twenty. I mean, from I the start of the show when the yeah. show opened. Yeah, yeah. I think this year. I think twenty twenty three is the twentieth anniversary. Yeah, it's twenty years. So yeah, that is crazy. But like you see, like we we not that either of us um, are taking our children to see the Wicked movie. Because we we would need to see it first, yeah. but you know what I mean. My little alphabet. <laughs> but like, it's the same idea that like our parents would want to go see the movie because they've seen it and it's been in their like yes, yes, frame of yeah. reference. But yeah. we know it because it's been in their frame of reference and because we're theater kids and also because yeah. Aaron today is in it. You know, whatever right. it is. Right. Yeah. 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 We'll be telling our kids about Ethan Slater for years to come. Um. Absolutely. In my <laughs> house and in my home. Yeah. Ethan Slater. That's absolutely. It. Absolutely. Uh t- just to wrap up on Tom Hooper, oh, yeah, you know, sorry. as much as we could talk about here. him forever. Oh, you're good. He went on to direct The Danish Girl, which I have not watched. Have you watched The Danish Girl? I feel like I've watched it. Yeah. But yeah. I don't remember it. Which <laughs> one of, is terrible. Again, The King's Speech, one of those movies you're like, I did watch it. Do I remember it? I, I remember know. The King's Speech and I feel it was a good movie. Yeah, I know. It was like it was a fine capital F movie, capital F fine movie. Um, uh, and I'm then just an old person inside. That's what. <laughs> and then the infamous movie cat, the cats movie, which we will always talk about, has and... altered the course of the universe. Yes, those rowdy screenings. That's all I just want to say. It changed the course of movie going. I think I can't wait for us to do an episode on cats because Taylor has yet to see the movie. And it will be or the musical, although it's coming in my area in a month. So. I just don't understand how you've lived this long. Again, it's that it's that bias. My parents did not like cats. <laughs> the movie the musical or the animals. So. Or the animals. Yeah. Can we thirty second recap this? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's on, let's let do pull, that. Let me pull up a timer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, 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 good idea. All right. <laughs> well, actually, let me before we do our official recap. Let me just say the okay. very first time my sister and I and my brother and my family went and saw Les Mis was at the same theater company that Rachel and I ended up doing. Um, what did and what did your mom say about the show? She said, "My mom said this is a show about a man who steals." Some candlesticks. Like, that's what she said. <laughs> and we were like, cool, that sounds It still okay. gets me every time. And then, literally, that's, like, the first, like, five minutes of the show. And then there's so much else that happens. And, yeah. yeah. It's just, like, there could have been so many other things she said. I know, I know. Although, I don't know what... Okay, Rachel, let's <laughs> put 30 seconds on the clock. Okay, I'm gonna you... get, let you go first. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. Go. Oh, we're gonna give each our own thirty seconds. Yeah. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm gonna count you in, and I'll say go, and then you go. Okay. Okay. We've never done this before, obviously. <laughs> Again, Three. Unhinged. Two. One. Go. Okay, so it's about this convict, Jean Valjean. He steals some bread for his sister, but then he goes to jail. And he's on parole, and he decides to steal some jewelry and or candlesticks. And then he, he uh, the priest like gives him shows him redemption, and then he goes on to live a happy and full life. And then he meets this woman who got tossed away from his home, and and then she dies, and then he takes her child, and then the child grows up, and then they uh, they uh, oh. keep running away from the policeman, That's and it. then they they Time's sing up. the whole time, and Time's then. <laughs> And then they all die. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Good. We got through maybe act one, scene one through six. Maybe. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm so funny. Oh, my gosh. I'm okay. weak. I'm weak. I okay. love I, Listen, guys, if you can't make yourself laugh. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, go. As Taylor said, there is a man who was in jail, and there's also an evil man named Javert, and he also sings about stars. I don't know what his obsession is. Anyway, then uh, the man becomes the mayor, but then the mayor kind of doesn't see all that's happening, and there's this woman who gets, you know, scandalized, and essentially she also is poor and has to sell herself and her Ten seconds. And then, in the second act, we meet all these people grown up. Oh, don't forget the master of the house. Anyway... Then, you know, the French Revolution happens, and then people die. (laughs) It's so hard to do this in 30 seconds. It's so hard. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Good. Have you seen those videos of, like, the 10-second, like, on YouTube? Maybe I'll link one in the show notes. So, anyway, that's what happens in the story. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know, and that it's miserable. (laughs) It's... It's, one thing that we should say is that it's set in France. It is and set in France. The, and the original production that wasn't this British musical was in French. Yes. But then, it's, you know, then it's a British musical and everyone is British, even though they're all in France. Yeah. I've got some questions. <laughs> and um, then they're all, they all have different British accents. Even though they all live in the same part of France. Right. And, like, I get some of this. I get some of this. But they're, the accents, I just can't let go. Like, let me just quickly tell you my thoughts on the accents. Like, yeah. 
Rachel's Valjean, accent corner. <laughs> yeah, accent corner with Rachel. Jean Valjean, played by Hugh Jackman, we haven't even talked about the cast, um, is Irish sometimes. <laughs> um, and it's very weird. And he does that when he's playing the convict part of himself, like mm-hmm. when he's playing, mm-hmm. you know, 24601. And um, Famous. I just... I just feel like that's weird. It's a weird choice. Yeah. Um, Mr. Thenardier is the only person who speaks as if he's French. Li- yeah. Literally the only person. His wife? Yeah. No. His daughter? No. His son? No. No one. Literally no one speaks that Who's way. Who's his son? Isn't, isn't his son... Um, what's Gavrash? his name? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard that before. I anyway. don't know if it's true. Anyway. No one speaks in a French accent. Everyone mm-hmm. is a different type of British. So, and then you have you have the incredible um, Javert, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who yeah. just screams sings everything and yeah. has yeah. one accent. At least he's a consistent accent. But it's just like I don't. It is what was happening. I, I, I just don't understand. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the cast now because okay. we did, of course, this stars Hugh Jackman, the Australian himself, the Australian superhero Not Wolverine. Keith Urban. Not to be confused with Keith Urban, the other Australian. <laughs> true. It's true. I love that. And Margot Robbie now, who also... Oh, yeah. is she, what is about she? the Hemsworths? Are they Australian? I think so. No, or New no. Zealand? Wait, Lots is Margot... of people from the Ocean Pacific region. Yeah. Wait, let me look at this Hemsworth. Chris, Hem- He is Australian. Look at that. Wow. wow. We're, oh. It's good. Lots of Australians. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe, of course. Um, Playing uh, Javert. <laughs> yeah. Anne Hathaway, Fontaine, Amanda Seyfried, Cosette, Eddie Redmayne, um, Marius, Paul Mercy. Uh, <laughs> the only other part the they say in French. French. Yeah. yeah. Hel- Helena Bonham Carter, Sasha Baron Cohen. And many, many others, of course, Aaron Tveit as Angeros, which is also one of the best names in the show. Yeah. He's, and, and he has the best. Yeah. He has. Yeah. The, let's talk quickly about how you texted me this of like Aaron Tveit's yeah. hair yeah. in this yeah. is yeah. what. Um, is, is goals. Is goals, yeah. but it's also what yeah. Ben Platt yeah. thought his hair would be in Dear Evan Yeah. <laughs> I texted Rachel and I was like, LOL, Aaron Tveit's hair in this movie is what Ben Platt wanted it to be like in the Dear Evan Hansen movie. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And it was so yeah. funny that you said that. So Thank you. True. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So some of the cast, like, uh, you know, from research that we did, Hugh Jackman was cast very early on in the, in the, I mean, I guess like as soon as Tom Hooper came on board, he was like, let's get Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I I remember seeing in interviews that Tom Hooper was like, if Hugh Jackman wasn't like alive, basically this movie would not have been made. And I'm like, I just feel like we could have figured out someone else to play. I know, know. but you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, of all the thousands of people who've played it on stage, like, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Javert, interestingly enough, the person who I guess was offered the role first or was going to play, it was Paul Bettany, Vision himself it from been the really, Marvel Cinematic Universe. That would have been better? 
Do you think it would have been better? I don't know. I've never heard Paul Bettany sing. I don't know. So there's that. I just, I just, we all know how I feel about this. And I will try to slander less because this is what obviously messed up our recording. Correct. Yeah. But The ghost of Russell (laughs) Crowe. Yeah. His PR. Yeah. But I literally, Russell Crowe is one of the hardest parts of this to watch and like consistently the hardest mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. and like he looks fine he looks great that yeah. that's not the problem it's the but does he <laughs> i, I don't know looks, because he's, he's so much shorter than hugh jackman and i feel okay. like they should either be the same height or javert should be taller it's that's the hat opinion. i don't it doesn't bother yeah. me his height yeah. doesn't bother me but what does bother me is the singing. And I said this on our last recording, but yeah. I'm going to say it again, is that I think at a certain point, yeah. someone who's consistently not performing well, it's a director's mm-hmm. problem. Like right. that is now a director's problem. You made the casting choice. You're the director, yeah. the producer. Yeah. You all made the casting choice. You need to figure out how to work with this. Mm-hmm. person it's one thing when that one person does this weird thing and you're like okay that was a choice whatever it happened once right. let's do a different choice right but like consistently and i think the thing is that he could he probably could do it maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know he just it felt like he was given no instruction instruction it was like he was the understudy who came on 12 hours before had never studied the material did not know what lame is was was like yeah. oh shoot it's singing the whole time yeah. let me sing in this one monotone voice and pretend to have an accent i wonder if they thought paul bentley was going to do it and then maybe he dropped out at the last minute (laughs) maybe there was that it just is like you probably could have tried Mm -hmm. to coach him through Mm -hmm. i mean yeah well you've heard that saying like cat like um a movie is like 90 percent casting or something like that like like so or di- just, uh, directing is 90% casting is what it is. So I just feel yeah. like for a musical movie, there's yeah. a lot. And, and I'll say this also um, with Amanda Seyfried. It's like people, there are certain people who need to be coached on the acting side when they're singing. And there are certain people who need to be coached on the singing side when they're yeah. singing. Yeah. And it's really hard to do both. At the mm-hmm. same time. And people like knock on musical theater all the time. But I'm like, it's really, have you ever tried to figure out how to hit those notes yeah. while you're moving your body and also acting at the same time? But then yeah. imagine your camera is right here instead of your audience being Oh my like gosh, 10. we haven't even talked about the, the, the close-ups. The camera angles, I know. Oh my gosh, the angles. Anyway, it's just like, it's just really hard. And I feel like at some point there could have been some better coaching. Right, right. By Russell yeah. Crow, although he was my least favorite part of this movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think it's interesting because Russell Crowe is a good actor. Like, A Beautiful Mind a beautiful is a great mind movie. A Beautiful Mind was amazing. Yeah, Gladiator, obviously. Um, you know, of course, his turn this year in Thor Love and Thunder <laughs> was, you know, uh, a time. And I hope we get more of, of Zeus, uh, Russell Crowe's Zeus, uh, in, a little, in a little dress. That was fun. Um, but I will say, you know, I've heard the thing of, like, in it's specifically movie musicals like would you rather have like an actor who can kind of sing or a singer who can act and i've heard heard or like would you ha- rather have more of a singer 
and then someone that's, you know, okay, you know, the acting's okay, or an actor that can, like, just kind of sing. And I feel like in a musical, you should have the best singer. Like, especially one in a show like this that is all singing. It's all singing. Yeah. It's all singing. I can understand why sometimes you would cast someone who's maybe, like, not the strongest singer, Nicole Kidman, in a musical like The Prom or Marilyn (laughs) Streep in Into the Woods. Okay. Mar- Marilyn I, Streep? You mean I, Meryl Streep? Meryl Streep. Sorry, Marilyn. Marilyn Streep. Marilyn Streep. Honestly. Wow. I'm unwell. <laughs> but it just is like, this is a really heavy musical. Yeah. And yeah. you need yeah. people who can sing. Now, the thing with Amanda Seyfried, I want to I say, um, I texted Taylor. I was like, I just feel like she's just not singing. Like, she's not putting any support behind her singing. And if you listen to it without watching her, you'll be like, girl, are you taking any breaths? Like, are you breathing? Are you <laughs> yeah. all right? Because yeah. everything sounds like, ah, you know, from her. <laughs> and um, which is how I sing. But right. I, she like said in an interview, this was my favorite part of after I watched the movie, I was like, I wonder if she has acknowledged that this was not her best work. Because right. I know she can sing it. Because I think wasn't Mamma Mia before this? I don't. I don't know actually, but I know yes, she can was. sing it, and she and knows she, she can sing that. it. Yeah, she yeah. knows she can sing it. And as she said in an interview, uh, I don't have the direct quote, but something like this was like after this, I was so embarrassed by mm-hmm. my singing that I went back to a vocal coach and like did vocal work, like and had a had a vocal coach for you know for the next thing that she was doing or for. For her own personal self because she was so embarrassed by how and she said how weak her singing was and that's exactly how i feel like she could have hit those notes mm-hmm. she could have sung it and she's a good actress mm-hmm. and so it was just it that's disappointing because i think she and she also finds it disappointing which is why it's kind of like more disappointing but at least she's got some acknowledgement mm-hmm. yeah she's it's so interesting because she has such an interest. Amanda Seyfried has such an interesting career because she's kind of, she really got start. I mean, Mean Girl was like her biggest breakout. Mm-hmm. And then she goes on to just do very interesting stuff. And then she becomes with Mamma Mia and with Les Mis, she becomes like the musical, you know, she's yeah. like, you know, the musical girl. And then, yeah, it's just very interesting. But she, she, I don't think she does a terrible job, but I think she's, oh, it's not she's just terrible. okay. Like, if we're like yeah. on a scale yeah. and Russell yeah. Crowe is the most terrible, Amanda Seyfried yeah. is like not that close to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, some fun other casting things. Of course, Fontaine, uh, our Fontaine is Anne Hathaway, who I think is incredible in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think she's her one, I mean, obviously her one I Dreamed to Dream is what, you know, of course, we'll talk about this. Won, won her the Oscar. I mean, there's no question yeah. about it. Her – oh, I did. I looked this up. Wait. I just want to make sure I have it correct. Yeah. Her 15 minutes of screen time. She only has 15 minutes of screen time and she wins the Oscar. Isn't that crazy? That's actually crazy because you know yeah. how long this movie is? Yeah. Long. Yeah. <laughs> Two hours as, and like 47 minutes. As long as The Great Wall of China. <laughs> It's very long. Yeah. It's very long. Um, but Fontaine's, they were at originally, I guess, uh, they were, you know, tossing around all these names were Amy Adams, Jessica Beale, which I think would have been fascinating. 
Uh, Tammy Blanchard would have been great. Um, Christine Crook would have been good. Marion mm-hmm. Cotillard, I think, is a very interesting choice. That's so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And then Kate Winslet, which... Absolutely not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, she's playing a water water queen right now in Avatar, The Way of Water, which, you know... You can't... Okay, listen, you can't do Titanic and Lamez. Yeah. Like, you cannot have the tragic trajectory. She knew it. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, And then Rebecca Hall as well from, you know, Dean. She's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Eponine names they were. This, these Please, are the I need you to read, once again, I need you to read these yeah. all as a sentence, and I will not comment yeah. until the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Leah Michelle. <laughs> I'm sorry. Miley Cyrus. Tamsin Egerton. <laughs> Taylor Swift, and then maybe the last is the best one, Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah, for sure. Evan Rachel Wood would have been so good. These are such, like, they're all over the place, is what I think. Well, and I, there is a leaked um, Miley Cyrus audition tape that we will link in show notes. Which I need to watch. I have not watched since our last um, um, last recording, but. You know, I I find Miley Cyrus very talented, and I will Mm -hmm. tell you more, Mm -hmm. um, after we actually watch the New Year's Eve thing that she and Dolly Parton are doing. <laughs> but I I just find her – she's a very strong singer. I think she has a very unique voice. And I think that yeah. she, you know, probably can act. Um, and she's very entertaining. And like I said, she's a good singer. But mm. there are some voices that are just not set for a classical musical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would yeah. be her. I do think Leah Michelle is an interesting choice. I oh think that God. I we wonder would never how. Have heard the end of this. This is right yeah. in the Rachel Berry days. Right, right. And and to me, Scarlett Johansson is is fascinating. But I think maybe she might she might have been a little too old. I here. just could not imagine but, this. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Evan Rachel no. Wood would have been yeah. a great choice. Yeah. Although I love who we have. I love. Yeah, that we I have do Samantha too. Barks. I do too. Samantha Barks, of course. Um, played the role in the 25th anniversary of Les Mis and in the West End, and then, of course, doing Oliver in the UK. And she was announced the role of Eponine. Cameron McIntosh came out and announced her that she would be playing Eponine in the movie at the curtain call of uh, 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 show of Oliver, which is also which online, is and we can wild. link it in the show notes. It I is know. wild. It's such a fun video. It's really, yeah. really cool. Samantha she Barks. She seems like such a sweet person. Yes, Samantha Barks, I believe, um, like runner up. Wasn't she on the Grease show, or was it, or was she oh, on I something don't different? That. Wait, let me look. Oh no, she was on a British show. Um, she placed third in "I'll Do Anything," which is the the they were looking for Nancy. It's basically the the Oliver version of uh, the Grease show, hmm. in the West End. She placed third. I need to watch that. That sounds good. Yeah, it does sound good. Apparently, uh, they were finding an Oliver and a Nancy. Huh. Interesting. Wow, that's so fascinating. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse Buckley was in it, too. Wow. (gasps) Wow. I did not know this. this. Oh, my gosh. Add this to our list. Jesse Buckley was the runner-up. Wow. And Rachel and Rachel Tucker was in it. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? <laughs> yes, Rachel Tucker was the was I'm sorry. What? I gotta look this up now. Oh my gosh. What oh is it called? Goodness. I'll do anything. I'll do 
anything for you. Wow, wow. I'm like shook. Um, yeah, produced by Cameron McIntosh, of course. Wow, that's crazy. And then the other interesting thing is that they had a casting call in New York City for Cosette. Yeah. Which is crazy. That's it's crazy. So, it's like they were like, eh, we'll just hire whoever for Cosette. Because also, listen, I'm of the opinion that Marius is a little better than Cosette. But Marius and Cosette are the two weakest characters in the show, I think. Just in general, not in the, the actors, movie. but... In yes, the-, the characters. Yeah. Not the actors playing them. Just the their characters because them... I mean, the Tenardiers live in the movie, but we're kind of supposed to hate them even though they're fun. Oh my god, they're amazing. But they are So amazing. well cast, honestly. So well cast, yeah. But the characters of Marius and Cosette, they're the only ones that live in the, in the show out of all the characters that we meet beside the Tenardiers. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, okay, what are they going to do? Like, where do they go? Like, what are they going to do now? They're just going to live their life and also do. And also they like met in five seconds and fell in love. Like, is that <laughs> compelling? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I do love a heart full of love, but. <laughs> I think what's interesting is yeah. most of their, I I think most of their time is singing with each other with other people Mm -hmm. so i find that Mm -hmm. interesting yeah as well yeah and of course i mean the most inspired we've already talked about it but the most inspired casting is aaron today i mean i think aaron today is like yeah i don't think i ever would have thought of it because to me andras is like this is a is a very like strong presence not that aaron Mm -hmm. today isn't a strong presence but and like very masculine and Aaron Tveit to me is very soft spoken and mm-hmm. like kind of a softer actor, but he's so because good in this role. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. He's so good in this role. I mean, I really he's think impeccable. he, he is like, is great. He's so great. And, and his so death good. is so good. And all the stuff, all the stuff. Also, I do want to give a shout out. I love Eddie Redmayne. I I have loved Eddie Redmayne ever since the beginning when we saw this. Yeah. And. I know that people have different feelings about him. I think that people especially were worried about his live singing. Yeah. I enjoy. Yeah. Well, well, we kind of danced around the live singing a little bit. I mean, let's get into that. Yeah. So the live singing, this was something that, so most movie musicals, what they do is they record all the songs ahead of time in a studio, like usually like a month before they start filming. And then when they're on set, they like lip sing or they like sing along to it a little bit and stuff like that, which most of the time has worked. But Tom Hooper, for whatever reason, wanted to do something different, which I think is an interesting choice. Was it his idea? I mean, I would assume it was his idea. It, yeah. it could have been Cameron McIntosh's idea. Yeah, I'm wondering whose idea was. Yeah, anyway, it could okay. it could have been Hugh Jackman's idea. <laughs> no, because you know that Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born told Bradley Cooper, well, "I'm only going to do this movie if we're going to sing live." Mm-hmm. So in Star Is Born, they sing live. Yeah. Um, which there was not as much press for that movie, but listen, it's great. Uh, as far as the singing live, I will say. 
but um, the, it was a huge deal. I mean, it was like one of the first movie musicals they they ever did all the singing live. So what happened is the actors had an earpiece in their ear, and then there was a pianist on set who had the sheet music and all of that, and a piano, and the actors would hear the music in their ear, and they could basically, the pianist could follow them at any point. So that's why a lot of... I remember watching interviews of the cast talking about how like freeing it was because they could kind of just go at any pace they wanted to and the pianist could follow them. And mm-hmm. and also Tom Hooper saying that it really gave the actors the freedom to do whatever they wanted. And so instead of having this pre-recorded thing and that's what they had to do, that they weren't – that they had to basically – a lot of the times they have to basically think about what they're going to do on set beforehand because they – pre-recorded it and this gave them i mean it's a really great point yeah right like of the idea of like i can be in this moment and act and sing and Mm -hmm. not have to worry about three months ago when i was in the recording studio not seeing the set what how i sounded yep yep and the costumes and you know how i'm feeling that day you know because all of that contributes to how you're feeling, you know, how you woke up, you know, what did, how did you talk about, what did you talk about with your spouse? Or but also, you know, whatever. the other thing, this is why like shows have tech week. Yeah. It's because like we can stage everything before we get into the theater or when we're in a different theater and we can, you know, do all the rehearsing and we can make our choices. But I guarantee you, there are a lot of choices that are unmade and remade during mm-hmm. tech week because you see costumes or, you know, yep. tech week for local and small productions or, you know, the <laughs> the previews for mm-hmm. Broadway run, right? Like you, there are choices that you are making that are changing because you're in a different costume, because your hair yeah. is a certain way, because you forgot there's a castle behind you or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, and that's going to change it. Or, and you're like, oh yeah, it would be cold. So I'd be singing it like this. Mm-hmm. And you, how can you possibly imagine all of that and make all those choices mm-hmm. and solidify how you sing beforehand? Yeah. 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 It's so true. And you know what's so funny? Uh, another thing to reference Russell Crowe is that he almost sounds like he was the only one that was pre-recorded. He makes no choices. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, he is so, so yeah. not, like, dynamic at yeah. all in the yeah. show. And, Very flat. and the only part that's dynamic with him is when there's a ginormous eagle bird behind him. Guys, when we were what is it stars? Is it stars? She Rachel was texting me during stars, like, I can't deal with this bird. (laughs) (laughs) It's ginormous. Why is it there? He's like on a ledge and there's a ginormous bird. Yeah. And it's not to scale with who he is. And it's not a real bird, it's a statue of a bird, but I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) Not to get listen, it could have turned into hunchback and turned into a real bird. Like that. (laughs) Yeah. Wouldn't be mad about it. Yep. Nope. Josh Gad, where are you at? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I may, you know, not have some fans after this, but Stars is my least favorite song in Les Mis, Boo. I gotta say. I know. Boo. I'm sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. But Javert's Suicide is like one of the best songs in the show. Yeah. It That's is that. so good. Again, another person that dies, the miserable. There we are. Um... <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Literally everyone dies. Also, the next thing, the other thing uh, next to the Santa, not not that it's comparable, but the snap of Javert's body, like the the tree snap of (laughs) it. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's so it, that was also drawing in the movie. Yeah, that is also, really also again, so much water. He falls into the river or whatever. Yeah, it's like, a lot of water. Yeah, the lots sun. of water. I was just, yeah. just like a lot. Yeah, so wet. Um, <laughs> but yes, Russell Crowe sounds. It's almost like they they realized how bad it was and they put auto tune on him because he does sound a little auto tuned. Maybe it's just it's, me, but I don't know. It just yeah. I'm. I just yeah. try and block it out as I'm hearing it, which is terrible. Yeah. And then that character uh, could yeah. be so good. Yeah. And we talked about this in our last recording, but in my opinion, Norm Lewis yeah. also who was in, who's in the 25th anniversary. would have been incredible. Incredible. And I think it would have given like you have, you know, movie stars, but you also have some, theater yeah. people and i think it would have given another theater person to come up like, did people actually go to see this movie because, because of russell, russell crowe Crow in it i don't know probably not i think more people probably saw it for hugh jackman than obviously Crow, but obviously yeah. yeah hugh jackman of course coming off of you know he's been playing us well you know a wolverine superhero for 10 years for this since you know when this but also his tony win for the boy from oz and you know but he hasn't done you know with this movie he hasn't done musical theater really in a while so with this movie so um and now of course back in the music band which rachel got to see which is so fun yeah yeah which is closing soon r.i.p yeah although they extended it for like a week which is i was like why yeah yeah I don't know why. I guess Hugh Hugh was like one more week, please. He's like one more time, <laughs> yeah. everyone. One more time. One more time for Nicole Kidman to donate a hundred thousand dollars. To... <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that video is also for, unhinged. For a hat, yes. <laughs> oh man. Wow. Okay, should um, we talk? Should we talk about the? Well, I was going to say, should we talk about, since we're talking about who came to see the movie, should we talk about the numbers of this movie? Oh, yes, yes. Let's talk about the numbers. Do you have a favorite number that's, like, staged, like, from on the screen versus, like, on the stage? Because we've both seen the stage version before. Well, that's a good question. Do you have one in yeah. mind? Um, I think... So I think one thing Rachel and I talked, even while we were texting, watching this, was that the weird thing about this movie, even though it is, I do think it is a really good version of the show, is that um, the songs are all out of whack. Right. (laughs) The songs are all over the place. You know, On My Own is supposed to be after One Day More, or after One Day More, but it comes before One Day More. It comes before. And then... Also, there's the new song that is added, and then it's just... It's, Lovely Ladies yeah. is before I yes. Dreamed a Dream. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. In the, in the, sh- in the, in the movie. Yes, yeah. Yes. In the movie. And I was trying to think. I was like, wait, which... Yeah. And then I Dreamed a Dream is after, which actually, it's so funny. You I was hear watching, the people sing is later. Later. It's usually after the ABC cafe. So yeah, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. Um, I do think the the do you hear the people sing is is super interesting. I don't. It's not like a bad choice, but I do like that. I do. Um, I do like. I think a little fall of rain was really well staged. Mm-hmm. As far as the movie, I mean, I personally love the finale. I think the finale of this movie is so incredible and leaves you on such a high. 
that you kind of forget all the bad auto-tune Russell Crowe bird things. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think one of the cool parts about movies, um, which we didn't talk about, is the camera angles, but mm. also yeah, is just so your ability angles. to see details that you can't mm-hmm. see on stage. Yeah, and that's maybe why I think Master of the House is such a so great in film mm-hmm. um, because you can see all the sleight of hand that's happening that you would wouldn't have as much of or yeah, wouldn't be able to see as yeah. much of when it's yeah. um when it's staged but the other the other thing that i really really i really like um is the um abc ca- cafe mm-hmm. yeah. i think that that's I there's something about how they're standing mm-hmm. and seeing them look at each other that you can't mm-hmm. quite capture in the same way on stage that is yeah. really compelling about that song. It's also you still see the chaos in the background because mm-hmm. one thing that doesn't often happen in musicals is st- stage musicals is that they decide to keep extra people who are not actually a part of the scene moving. Mm-hmm. It's almost like everything else in the world stills for them to sing a song. Mm-hmm. And that can be very powerful, like when, you know, Ebenina's dying. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, like, it can be distracting because you're like, but the world is still moving around also on. Right. And people are still, like, I want to see the chaos because this is happening amidst that. Mm-hmm. And the I feel like the movie did a really good job of mm-hmm. of of those shots i love that i love that i do want to say a nitpick on my end listen heart full of love is a great song and then when eponine is there and they're all singing i really wish mary sang cosette were like on a balcony and and eponine mm-hmm. was looking up at them but you know it's like a romeo and juliet kind of vibe uh, yes because they do that in the sh- i think they do that now in the show because i remember i saw a touring production of les mis like like six years ago and they and Marius goes climbs up about mm. to the to a balcony, and it's really mm. it was really cool. It was mm. really cool. And then Eponine's up there, you know, singing the sad, the sad. Oh, you know. Oh, I know. Also, and- I was really sad that they did not have the beginning of on my on my own. It's my favorite song in the show. I think it's one of the best songs written ever. Period. I say that. I know that is a, that was a, a heavy thing. statement. I know. But it's just such a great song and great shower song. I Dream of Dreams <laughs> also a great shower song. I just got to say, speaking of being wet and, um, <laughs> oh my Lord, they, they cut the beginning of it. I love mm-hmm. the beginning of, um, you know, and now I'm all alone again. No way to go. No way to turn to. It's so good. Yeah. Ugh. The yeah. other thing is that they don't have Eponine, which maybe is what you're going to say at the end. They do not have Eponine at the end. Yeah. That three that three part harmony is so good. Yeah, yeah, but again, I guess it doesn't make sense with the movie with Eponine being there, but and the priest being there. I mean, the priest and Fontaine and Hugh Jackman's um, harmony is also good. But yeah, yeah, this movie, of course, released on Christmas. I think it had incredible legs because it earned a uh, hundred and forty eight million dollars in North in North America. America. In North America alone, <laughs> crazy, but it's also crazy. made two hundred and ninety-three million in other countries outside of North America for a worldwide total of four hundred million, four hundred and forty-one million dollars, with a budget of only sixty-one million. That's so it definitely insane. made back its money. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> but you know, they say that like 
the budget doesn't factor the budget that they put on Wikipedia doesn't factor in the marketing and often they spend like a hundred million on marketing. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. I know. It is wild. Um yeah, so this movie made a, a lot of money. Lot Again, of money. it has a built in fan base. It has a twenty year fan base and then also yeah. with the actors and stuff. I wonder if anyone was like, I don't know anything about Les Mis, but I'm going to see it because Anne Hathaway's in it. And then they I only got 15 minutes. Of and then they were like, oh, she dies. I also wonder if people went in. This is one thing I would love to go back in time and be like, did, how many people knew that it was sung through the whole thing? Like, yeah. there, there's no talking, basically. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I know that when I went to see Into the Woods, there were people who turned, I, I took people, I took friends and they turned yeah. to me and they said, this is all singing. And I was like, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. This is, but, or they said, this is a musical. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah my bad. but Into the Woods at least has some dialogue. Like, this I know, has that's no, true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as awards, which, you know, this is a fun discussion as well. This movie was nominated for eight Academy Awards at the 2013 Academy Awards, hosted by Seth MacFarlane, which, you know. Wild. Very wild. Uh, does not hold up, I will say. I, no. d- I remember watching this Academy Awards, and it does not hold up. Yeah. Only it. 10 years ago. Um, it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Costume Design, Best Original Song for Suddenly, mm-hmm. Best Production Design, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, and Best Sound Mixing. Let's pause here, actually, and talk about what did you think of Suddenly, the the new song? Yeah, I didn't hate it. I just don't understand why we're in the carriage the whole song. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like, a I just feel like it could have been it what it should have been. In my in my mind, it should have been if we had to add a new song, like walking I, through the woods. No, it should have been them in the carriage, and then like years of her growing up, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like them in the house, them, you know, like just things. Oh, words, that's like, such a better idea. A montage. Oh my gosh, yes, we love <laughs> right? a like, montage. And singing throughout yeah. the years of like, and suddenly, and it's still happening. You know. Oh my then- gosh, that is such a better <laughs> idea, Rachel. Oh my, why weren't you the director? It's Screw literally three minutes of yeah. them in a carriage, basically. Wow, that's inspired. It's not that hard to think about. Yeah, like, of no. course, that makes sense. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad. It, actually, I want to look this up. I wonder what won the best song over this. Let me look. Oh, I think it was the Skyfall. Skyfall won. Oh. The, the, uh, the Yeah, Skyfall won the Adele. Okay, that makes sense. That makes more sense. Yeah. That's yeah. a better song. For sure. For sure. Agreed. Um, and it ended up winning three Academy Awards. Of course, as we said, Anne Hathaway for Best Supporting Actress won all, every single award she was nominated for, she won. She was like the favorite that season. She, which is so funny because I feel like so many people hate on Anne Hathaway now, but. Why? Uh, People think she's like rude or like fake or like something. I don't know. I don't know. I've seen her sing those songs with Kelly Clarkson. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's what she's doing now after her Oscar win. Um, <laughs> listen, there is the – I mentioned the show, the podcast, the podcast on this show before. And uh, they say that actresses in Hollywood have – after they win an Oscar, they have like a curse on them. Like they can't mm. – it's very interesting, which maybe just shows the, the patriarchal, uh, you know. Yeah. 
thing about Hollywood. But I mean, the one thing that I think we talked about this in our last recording is I'm a little upset that they didn't re- uh, win Best Production Design. Like, we didn't talk about the production, yeah. but, like, yeah. the state, like, the, not the staging, but the actual production, the sets, though, it's amazing. It's it amazing. amazing. Yeah. And it, yeah. I don't know how they pulled that all together mm-hmm. from the time that they signed on yeah. um, Tom Hooper and to the start of, of filming. I just don't, I don't know how. Yeah. But it was... It's so good, and mm-hmm. the we looked up last time um, what did win, and that was Lincoln. Yes, Lincoln did win. Yeah, which also good. Which also sh- Lincoln shot in Richmond, where we grew up. I know um, in Fredericksburg. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, lame is the other two Oscars that won were Best Sound Design, which makes sense because it is a musical, and um, Best Makeup and Hairstyling for all those pimples. Yeah, there's so many yeah. rashes and yeah. warts yeah. and pimples and mm-hmm. dirty things. And I was, like, really impressed. And I kept telling Tay. Yeah. Can you imagine being the rash guy? All right. <laughs> Time for the so rashes. Ma- so many angles and so many rashes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so interesting. Yeah. And angles of rashes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But honestly, I think Hugh Jackman was thinking this would get him his oscar i wonder yeah. if he'll i wonder if he will win an oscar one day i don't know um but um interestingly and he's, he's an he's just an oscar away from an egot right yes he's an oscar away from an egot yep yeah yeah so of course coming in clutch daniel day lewis winning for lincoln which is yeah. who beat out i mean Jackman. that also makes sense to me to yeah. be honest yeah for sure so. For sure. We'll go over some fun facts Let's of the movie. Let's do the fun facts. Let's do some fun facts. So, of course, we mentioned all the singing was recorded live on set. Super cool. So fun. We don't have to spend too much time on that, but it's so fun. Um, some better than others. Uh, Anne Hathaway cut her hair live on screen um, during Lovely Ladies. Yeah. I assume it was only one take, but I'm not sure. But... Yeah, I that's guess, really interesting yeah. to me. I don't know. I don't know. She her hair, listen, we talked about the costumes and that the scene with the with the factory workers is so it's just pretty to look she's at. She's so pretty. Yeah, yeah. She's so and she stands she's out because everyone's dress. wearing blue and she's wearing pink. Yeah. And oh, it's such a great so such a great like design mm-hmm. of it. It's such mm-hmm. a great, yeah, such a great choice. The factory and set so good. and the factory lighting was yeah. quality. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so she cut. They so They yeah. cut her hair and then they don't bring her hair back. They do not. No. And yeah. that's one thing. I do, at least in the musical, they usually have Fontaine with long hair at the end of the, at the end of the show. And they do not do that, which is fine, I guess. I don't know. I was like, I miss the long hair. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, I Dreamed a Dream took eight hours to film, which is insane. Wild. Such a long time to be in that headspace for her. Yeah. Uh, and they, I believe they did five takes of it, uh, five five takes, and they used the fourth one. So, that's super interesting. I just can't, I mean, like, how yeah. grueling it would be to continue to do that and make yeah. a different choice. And, like, yeah. try and figure out what didn't work with the take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. 
and then Anne Hathaway's mother also played Fontaine on the stage. That's cool. Which is really cool. She, I remember her in interviews talking about how she, when she was little, she would like be at the theater hanging out and she would That's so hang funny. out with her mom. Yeah. That's so cute. It's like she was meant to play this role. Like it's yeah. really crazy. Really crazy. Uh, what fun facts do you have, Rachel? My fun facts revolve around the production of the film. Love it. So, um, yeah. So this film, the original cut of the film was four hours long. <laughs> so four, long. Yeah. It's like a extended Lord of the Rings version. Yeah. I mean, Extended I get edition. it. I think we've talked about this before where like when you're putting it in a, a, a movie, it takes a lot more time for us to set the stage than it does right. in a musical. Right. And so you have to kind of like spend more time narrating with visuals. Yeah. Uh, and so that adds more time uh, than it yeah. would if it was a staged production. Yeah. So with something, for example, like Valjean <laughs> leaving the <laughs> what? What? I'm just crying because I feel like you're gonna say what I'm thinking. Oh, you are. Oh, maybe go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna say, for example, like something like Valjean leaving, you know, going on parole, and then there's all those scenes of him like walking through. You know, to where? Where is he going? I guess going to London. I don't know. Literally walking through the Alps. Yeah, I'm yes, just like yeah. I don't understand because he's. Yeah. Where was the parole? Like, isn't yeah. it still in France? I just I had know. so many questions. And yeah, but also, those like, shots are beautiful. That's the thing. Is that they're yeah, so just pretty? Did it because the scene was pretty. <laughs> yeah. He's like having you yeah. know a M- Maria moment on the hills are alive <laughs> with the sound of music. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh, that cracked me up when Rachel sent me a gif of Maria. Oh or like gosh. you know, like a the last Jedi kind of scenes. Like those are the like it's just giving that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the yeah. original cut was four hours, with a fifteen minute long battle sequence. Honestly, I would love to see that. Not gonna lie. Yeah. But what's <laughs> yeah, so yeah, fascinating yeah. is after we watched the movie, I went back to watch watch the movie trailer that was released and mm. the scenes from the movie trailer a lot of the scenes are not shown yeah in they pulled the movie, up they pulled the marvel uh which is so funny and yeah. i'm like uh there's a whole discussion about movie trailers but like yeah. cosette we never see her in her wedding dress in the carriage like there's lots of things we don't see um mm. like there's apparently shots of javert you know searching and we don't see that in the movie so that's really interesting. I think we're and good. I think we're good. <laughs> my other, yeah, honest. My other fun fact is that uh, for you, Harry Potter people, the mm. barricade scene, the set behind it was actually the Diagon Alley scene set from the um, mm. Philosopher's Stone, the 2001 Philosopher's Stone movie. Slash Sorcerer's Stone. Yes, slash yes. Sorcerer's Stone. Sorry. Diagon Alley. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So so good. Love that. I love, love it. when that happens. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Another fun fact is that we have two original cast members oh, in yeah. our in our in this movie here. We have Colm Wilkinson and I want to make sure I get her name right. Francis Ruffalet, who um Colm Wilkinson playing the priest who was the original Valjean and Francis Ruffalet, Raphael. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Played the original Eponine, and they both played it on in the West End and on Broadway, um, which is super fun. And we have some theater people, of course, playing the schoolboys, but also Bertie Carvel gets a gets a little cameo as well. 
Yeah. There so are lots fun. of theater people in the Lots in of the theater scenes. people. Which really, I think, adds to the the community feel of it a little bit. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. MVPs? Uh, let's do our MVPs. Okay. Yeah. You go first. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my MVP of this movie... Let's see. I actually have two I want to shout out. I have two okay. MVPs. I'm ready. Um, my MVP is well, my first one is I love the scene when they're building the barricade. That's okay. like one of my favorite. Honestly, honestly, it is such a cool idea the way they do it in the movie. And you get the shots, right? Yes, you get the shots. And the 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 shots of them like throwing all the stuff at the window and Blah, blah blah and all of that um but i think my tr- my real uh, i just really love that because it it really shows like how they probably really did it even though this movie isn't like 100 percent accurate of a friend of the french revolution apparently obviously um, yeah <laughs> considering no- everyone speaking yeah. english yes and there was no singing r.i.p um <laughs> singing. We don't that's know. true that's true um but I also just love I love the mo- the moviness of it where they're like building this barricade and then like two shots later it's like a perfect barricade. <laughs> it just like looks like a bunch of trash and like and shit, then all basically. of a sudden it's this then- well constructed yeah. Yeah. S- structurally sound yeah. barricade. It's like this set. It's like they pulled a bunch of dads to make in a set and then <laughs> yeah. Um, but my true, true favorite, I th- again, part of the movie I did mention, and this is my MVP, is the finale. The finale is such a great part of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. And I think, of course, you have the part with Fantine and Valjean and the priest yeah. happening in the show. But all of that. And then, but then they really, them the shots cutting to, when they cut to... Um, singing do do you hear the people sing on the barricade is such a great idea Mm -hmm. and so brilliant and I and it's such a great idea and what I remember is in the show that I did in the June after this movie came out our director we were like trying to figure I remember she was like trying to figure out the the ending the finale and then someone recommended us being on the barricade like the movie and we ended Mm. up doing that we ended up doing which was great I saw your production and it was great Yeah. yeah And it was such a great idea because it really, like, brings the whole, like, thing together and it Mm -hmm. brings it to, like, I don't know. It's just – it's so moving. I don't know why. It's just, like, such a moving image. And then also those shots – I mean, there's lots of angles, of course, like we said. But there's that angle shot of the – they're singing, you know, Tomorrow Comes or something like that. And they're going – and the camera's, like, moving over the barricade at an angle. And it's just Mm – it's so beautiful. I don't know. It's just – brings me like gives me chills and brings me to tears every time so i love that that's my i love that i think it's such a powerful moment on the barricade Mm -hmm. as well instead of just you know being in the room or near staging with the priest and everything is the idea that the reason all of this has happened is because of right this idea of revolution of like Mm -hmm. defiance to the the rule of law and then the question of what even is the proper rule of law and mm-hmm. especially if people are suffering. Yeah. But like they're even though they're all in different spaces and mm-hmm. they're on stage for different reasons, they're all like f- kind of fighting yeah. the same idea, the same premise yeah. together. And it's one one of the 
haunting things about the show is that it leaves you kind of being like, well, what happens now? Yeah. And I yeah. think that, that's Madison really... Madison Cosette moved to America, I guess. I don't well, know. Well, it's just like, that's what's really beautiful though, right? Like, yeah. is that part of this yeah. is uh, the understanding, the way that the movie and the, the stage moves us to understand that like we're a part of that story now we're part of also fighting the same kind of ideals and questioning the same kind of thing even though this is about the french revolution it's also the like what is important to understand about musicals is a lot of times it's not just about what's happening yeah for sure and also too the story is ultimately i mean it's such a cliche and the movie and the story is ultimately about redemption i mean that's what the whole story is about is about the priest showing redemption to valjean valjean showing redemption to uh fontaine and then that kind of um, that's so interesting i've never thought about that story as redemption what have you thought about it's just stuff like we're just suffering and like we're suffering and the only way to make it better is by understanding that we're all suffering and that we can cause other people suffering. Mm. And the only way to alleviate that is to do our best to not cause people suffering. That's so – and I've always saw it as like the ripple effect of compassion can uh, can like actually be wider than we think it is. Like yeah. the priest shows compassion to – Valjean, and then he shows compassion to Fontaine, which then goes to Cosette, and then that really goes on further than mm-hmm. it, you know. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. I just find that interesting. I don't know. It's very... I mean, I definitely think that there are similar thoughts. Yeah. But I think part of the idea of, I think that this is a very existential musical. Mm-hmm. I think it's to, like to allow us to understand that things are things can be bad, and like nothing justifies that Ebenine dies or that Gavroche yeah. dies. Yeah. Ugh, Gavroche. Like, Ugh. why do they die? Right. Yeah. This is the whole like empty chairs and empty tables. Why do they die and people like the Thenardiers stay alive? Yeah, for sure. Rachel, what is your MVP? My MVP are a pair. But they don't love actually it. go together. But it's Young Cosette and Gavroche. Oh, love it. They're so my favorite. Much. I mean, Young Cosette yeah. does such a good job mm-hmm. at acting mm-hmm. and singing and, like, doesn't overact it at all, which 100% she could have. Mm-hmm. Could have been so easy to overact that. And her eye, it's just like the way it was everything. She was yeah. so good. And she obviously can sing that song, like, the back of her hand. And then Gavroche True. is so good yeah. in this. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. And he later goes on, I know, to play Jack in Into the Woods. But I think yep. he's – this is a pinnacle. He's so good Yeah, in, in this movie. And Honestly, if he had been the narrator the whole, the time, whole time, I wouldn't have been upset about it. <laughs> he's just – he's one, he's yeah. really cute. And two, he – like the way that they staged him and just his accent and mm-hmm. everything was really good. And he could Top sing. Much. Yeah. 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 For sure. Young Cosette played by uh, Isabella Allen. Um, she is now 20 years old. So that makes a, that makes me feel old. That's wild. And yeah. then Daniel Huddlestone uh, as Gavroche, who is 23 years old now. Sorry, I just want to shout out these young actors who are Isn't now that old. crazy? It's so crazy. Yeah, both of them are were incredible. Okay, what are, you know, we've talked about Russell Crowe, of course, <laughs> as being maybe our least favorite parts of the movie. But Rachel, what is your, aside Russell Crowe, what is your big L? Um, we already talked about the accents. I don't know if I have yeah. any other really big L's. Mm-hmm. Um, and the eagle, that big bird. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Uh, both of the you like, all upsetting things. All, all of those things are my owls. I don't know if I have yeah. other. These are the things that keep Rachel up at night. I think yeah. I honestly though, I think the biggest L for me is like I don't think we needed to rearrange the numbers. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I don't yeah. think it made. I don't think it added anything. I don't know if it fully took away things, but definitely didn't add anything. And so, in that case, it should just be the same. Yeah. But I also think, you know, I think the the hardest part I have with that is actually the lovely ladies in I Dreamed a Dream flipped. Now that I've mm-hmm. thought about it long enough, I just mm-hmm. feel like you don't. You have such a different read of I Dreamed a Dream when yeah. it comes after Lovely Ladies versus when it comes before that mm-hmm. because i think there's like a semblance of hope that she she one uh, might have as F- fontine when they're singing i dreamed a dream in the right sequence and with anne hathaway's version there's literally none. this is like the yeah. moment she gives up yeah um and i find that really interesting and i don't once again i don't know if it added anything i don't mm-hmm. know if that was the way they had originally ri- written it in because it made mm-hmm. sense with staging um but that's it, interesting yeah i don't know it it um arguably that's kind of i mean i'm sh- i'm sure that's what they intended they wanted it to be like the last bit of hope that she had was gone yeah was literally gone but i just find but, it harder to feel not that i don't feel compassionate towards fontine but i yeah. found it harder to feel bad in that space because it was like well you've already made the choice she's no longer struggling with making a choice she's already made the choice and i also think um it's interesting my wife and i were watching this um you know the at the same we were watching it you know Rachel and i were texting about it but my wife was watching it with me and she said so this was her first exposure to Mitt. she had not seen the show she didn't know any she's the movie was her first like thing she ever found out yeah. about it so she really loves this movie and when we saw the the show production she was like eh, it's okay but i really love the movie which is you know usually the first thing you see is like that's the thing you have in your mind that's especially you when like, you're yeah. you're a kid yeah um so um she was saying i really like i dreamed a dream after lovely ladies because i think it gives it yeah. makes more sense i mean and i, I get like, it yeah yeah I get it. Yeah. It just—it's very different. But you Taylor, can ask what's me, your biggest L? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My big L for this movie, guys, is uh, I just—I'll just come in and say it. Listen, Hugh Jackman's vibrato. That that vibrato. <laughs> that vibrato. Bring him home. Oh my god! Bring him home. Oh my gosh! I hate it so much. Yeah. I like Hugh Jackman's voice. He has a good voice, but sometimes his vibrato just kills me. Bring him home is like one of the best songs in the show, and I almost had to skip it this time watching it because it is, to me, it's like unwatchable. It is so bad, and it's supposed to be this like lullaby of a song he's singing to Marius, and he's like screaming his head off. I don't <laughs> understand. Ugh! It made it made me so upset. So, <laughs> I wonder how many takes yeah. they did of that song. I don't know. I don't. Know. I I hope Tom Hooper was like after two. He was like, okay, we're good. I'm good. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it almost has that quality, doesn't it? The movie, like they the just did, like, they did like they did like three or four takes of everything, and they were like, okay, let's just go. We don't have time. Yeah, because you yeah. know why? Because they decided yeah. they were going to do this in six months. Yes, yes, yes. I was like. Oh. <laughs> Less than three months, yeah. almost. Yeah, I wonder if they had like a table read or like a, a <sighs> rehearsal period. I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. They're so, yeah. all of them are so, such busy people. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Okay, all right. this is now my favorite part of every movie. Yes. So this is a question we're going to ask on every Lala Bland. Lala Bland? Question mark? Lala um, Bland? <laughs> uh, yes. So we will do this every one. Yeah. Could James Corden have been in this movie? That's right. Yeah. And Could- if so, what yeah. role would he have played? Listen, I think I, okay, I maybe have a hot take. I don't mind James Corden personally. Um, maybe I'll say this every Lala Blaine we do. Overrated. But, yeah, I don't think he's over. I don't think he's like underrated for sure. <laughs> but mm. um, I think he. I mean, listen, there are uh, there definitely is a world where he could have played Tenardier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is a world where that could have happened. Yeah, I know. Um, and it's not like he could have been like Javert or anything. <laughs> no. He could have been the foreman. Yeah. He could have been the foreman. That's int- although I loved the guy that played the foreman. Oh yeah, I love him too. He played yeah. the the king um, in Hamilton when I saw it in the West End. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Les Mis is like the right vibe for James Corden, but so I'm 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 gonna say uh, that's a no for me, dog. But that's a no for me, dog. Yeah, yeah. I do don't think, want Rachel? him to be in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe as like the narrator. Maybe he no. <laughs> Truly, like the only maybe, way I could see him in this movie is as, like, a random background character, which he totally yeah. wouldn't have done. Yeah. Maybe he's, like, Victor Hugo, like, writing it. Like, he's... <laughs> <laughs> like, you we know, don't need to like... make up a role for him. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I don't know. my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So... Let us know, guys. What do you think? Do you think James Corden could have been in this movie? And who would he have and been? And why? Yeah, who? And why? Show maybe your could have been the... Maybe this is too dark. The person who, you know, the, had sex with Anne Hathaway. Oh, the my way. God. Or Santa. I guess he could have been Santa. I don't know. No! I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I'm now um, very emotionally scarred. This is what I'm talking about in therapy this week. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, our final question of the episode, which our name stems from, Lala Bland, is where this is where we say, are, do we think this movie musical is a Lala Bland or are we Lala fans? Of course, stemming from the movie musical La La Land. Rachel, are you a Lala fan of this or is it no, a Lala Bland? I am a Lala fan. Yes. What about you, Tay? Are you a Lala I, fan? I think or is ultimately, it Lala Bland? I think ultimately, I am a Lala fan of this musical movie. Musical. It's so it's fun to go back to. I always say, people that have not seen this, I'm like, if this is the only version of Les Mis you will ever see, you won't. Yeah. Like, you don't have the money to see the musical, or it's not touring ever, or maybe it's closed. Like, it'll close. You know, it's not on Broadway right now. Um, if this is the only version, it's a great version of the show. It really, yeah, really is. That's fair. But if you have the chance to see the show, see the show. Yeah. Yeah. And watch the concert. True. True. Yeah. Love that. I love it. Love it. Oh my um, gosh. Oh my gosh, we did it. We did it. <laughs> yeah, I just want to end on this. Just, just one more time. Just no. one more time. Here we go. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> Charge a plus, some little extra. <laughs> oh, Santa! <laughs>
It's one more time. It's, it's one worse. more time. It's literally, it gets progressively yeah. worse. You just have to start on it and end on it. Just bookends here. Bookends. I want to know who that actress is and what she's doing now. I don't know. I just wonder if in like the editing booth they were like, sh- I feel like it was like the last thing they were like, should we cut this or should like they kept it in until the last minute? And they were like, no, we're just going to keep it. They're like, it's I, fine. We'll keep it in. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. scarring children all across the universe. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> still made $400 million. So there it is. <laughs> so they're fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're not worried. Uh, Rachel, thank you for having thank this discussion you, with me again for the this second time. This is our time. new series. New series. Oh, Yay. We hope you guys enjoyed it. All right, Rachel, let's do character of the week. Let's do it. Uh, this jazz hands. hands. Jazz hands. Lamest, lamest jazz hands. Ooh, yeah, there are no jazz hands in lamest. <laughs> yeah, no. um, but there is for the character of the week. This is a segment where Taylor and I pick a theater character that we're feeling like for this week. So we think, what have we been up to? What are we thinking and feeling? And what theater character has similar thoughts and vibes? Vibes, that's right. We would also love to hear your characters, but also listen, what are your thoughts on Les the movie musical? What are your thoughts on Hugh Jackman's vibrato? Um, James Corden playing Santa? We all, we want to hear all these thoughts. So you may, uh, if you tell us your character of the week, you may get a shout out on a future episode, which is super fun. Uh, Rachel, who is your character this week? Well, this week, I feel like I've been kind of bumbling around at work. And obviously, we've been bumbling around with our audio. True. And so, our audio's been bumbling. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I just felt like I couldn't really add anything to our, like, to my work situation this week. We had a pipe burst because of the, the freeze. And. Oof. It just was kind of like not very helpful. I was yeah. just kind of running around with towels, trying to pretend I was being <laughs> helpful and just being like a supportive character. So yeah. this week, I'm feeling kind of all over the place, a little chaotic, but just trying to do my best to support my homies. And that's mm. LeFou from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, good old LeFou. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Just getting six eggs in a, you know, what is it? A dozen eggs? I don't know. For all your guest ons. <laughs> what I does know. he eat? Twelve dozen eggs. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Shout out to Joshua Henry on that Beauty and the Beast live. So yes. great. Yes, thank oh you. Gosh. The best what part. What about of it. you? Who is your my character of the week? Character of the week this week. Listen, guys, it's a new year, 2023. We're all a little bright eyed in the new year. Also, side note, I just want to say I have I now have energy. Now that it's not early in the morning, we're at the end of this recording. I now have energy, so I'm like a little jazz now. Anyway, so we're a little bright-eyed, you know, New Year's, we're, you know, everyone's making goals for the year. It's, I have a feeling, you know, 2023 is going to be a good year. The podcast, we're going to, we have some fun plans for the podcast. It's going to be fun. So I'm feeling like that bright-eyed schoolgirl coming from Africa, starting new public school. And that's right. It's Katie Heron is who I'm feeling from Mean Girls, the musical. That's amazing. I love it. I was trying to figure out what I said before. I said something about the Starbucks venti chai. And then now you have coffee. So true. I do have coffee. 
I mean, uh, not a not a venti though. Just a, she. Just a I mean, reality hits Katie quick, so I hope True. you buckle up. True. But I love that. I love that. I hope you buckle up. <laughs> I hope I meet my Karen Smith for twenty twenty. <laughs> I should have been Karen, and you could have been Katie. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. Next, time. Next time. That was amazing. If you, if you guys would like to join in on our discussion, check us out at theaternerpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at theaternerpod, and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week. No one bites like Gaston. No one bites like Gaston.